Welcome to the MRX Influencers Podcast, where you come for the insights, but stay for the good times. I'm Dan Fleetwood, and on this podcast, I chat with the best and brightest minds in the research space. On today's episode, Mark Rodericks, who's a marketing manager here at Question Pro, and myself talk about the top trends in market research going into 2022, what to keep an eye out for, and specifically three that I think you really need to keep on your radar. Hope you enjoy the episode today. Happy Friday, everybody. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey, Dan, happy Friday and happy Friday to everyone who's joining in. We made it to another week. I know. We made it to you another know, episode. You know, it's actually interesting I said happy Friday because I don't really like happy Friday. Like, I like every day to be good, you know? So, yeah. Maybe, but I used it. So, anyway, here we are. No, so how, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, well, not too bad, Dan. It's been, it's been a crazy week. I'm sure it's crazy for everyone with your end coming up and the holidays. Yeah. I know everyone wants like scramble. But how's things been for you? I mean, I know you're traveling next week, so getting yeah. prepped for that. No, I think first, like anytime the time changes, I think people need a couple of weeks to adjust to things. <laughs> like things get crazy, man. Uh, but no, I am packing my bags, hitting the road for TMRE next week. So I'll be there Monday through Wednesday. So if you're going to be there, reach out to me. I'd love to meet up. I'll be doing a speaking session with uh, Prabhukar from Energizer. We'll be talking about communities and how it's helped out Energizer. So really interesting stuff there. It's on Tuesday, I think at 5.15. So No, 4.25. I'm just actually just putting the... Oh, good. Up. I'm glad you know what's going on. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's right there. Um, I promise I'll be there at 4.25. I got the time kind of mixed up, but it's on, on Tuesday at 4.25. I'll be there. So yeah, come to that session if you're going to be at TMRE. And also reach out to me. Love to meet up. Tim Cornelius will also be there. And yeah, be good. it'll be a good time. So I'm excited. Mark, believe, believe it or not, this is the first time that I'll be on a flight since I was in India in March of 2020. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is a long time. Yeah, it's probably the longest time I've gone, at least in my adult life, without flying. So. Yeah, I know. I was just saying that to someone the other day that I flew, I think, three weeks back when I took a holiday. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that was almost about 500 odd days since the last time I flew, and that oh. was phenomenal. How was it? It was good. I mean, it felt great to be, I mean, the whole experience, the yeah. the running about, and it, it was nice. I mean, it felt good. It felt like home, to be honest. Right. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. So I'm excited for that. So yeah, hit the road. And then we have some other announcements too. We have, we, from X Day, I did a talk with Ray Pointer. That is now live and up on YouTube. So yeah, Mark will the plug the link here in the comments. So that's also happening. And Mark, what else do we have going on? Uh, Dan, forgot your new podcast launch. I mean, you're the show, you're the, oh yeah, you're the talent behind the show and you forgot about that. Oh, that podcast I launched. Huh? Yeah. You really helped me out with that one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a podcast too called MRX influencers where we talk, essentially we take live with Dan, put it into a podcast format. So that way you can listen to wherever, if you're not live right now, or you want to listen yeah. to it on on Apple, on Spotify, on all the channels. You can listen to it there. So it's kind of a remix of content. So Mark yeah. put the link there for that podcast. We're calling it MRX Influencers. And yeah, feel free to listen on the go as you're running, jogging, or in the car, wherever you might listen to your podcast. And it's kind of a shorter form than this because it's just the parts where we interview. So it's really good in that regard. So that's another way that we're reaching out and that you can find us. So 
plenty of areas or content. So I like to say if you're, you know, it's not on us, it's on you at this point if you want content. So or maybe it's <laughs> always on us. Maybe I'm thinking about it wrong here. I don't know. But um yeah, anyway, so no, but I think that's, that's a great that. way. Uh, I think there's a great way, Dan, to, sorry to cut you short, but uh, for all of our listeners and everyone who's even looking at this later, uh, we've had some very interesting guests over the last, a well, little more than a year now. Mm-hmm. And if you want to come on the show, we're always happy to have you on. So just drop Dan or I a note and we'll see what we can, I mean, we'd, we, we'd love to have you on. So just drop us a line and we'll make it happen. Yeah, no, come we're on everywhere. Yeah, no, I love having guests on, and I know we have five or so guests in the in the queue, so to speak, to come on. So yeah, yeah. definitely reach out to me if you want to come on the show. If I see you, I'll probably recruit you to come on because anybody I meet in the industry, I'm like, hey, come on the show. So um, no, it's great. I think it's it's fun. Obviously, we keep it lighthearted, different than kind of other formats. So it's good. Uh, Mark, what other announcements do we have for today? Mm, I don't. Th- I think we're done with the announcements for today. Okay. Then you can. All right, let's get into the show here. If you watch season one with Live with Dan, you know that we did some interesting things with a segment that was called What in the Name of Research. Let me get this queued up here. This is where I find interesting, really, questions or things gone wrong. And I will I will confess that Twitter and like bad survey questions is kind of my go-to here along with some other Twitter accounts or handles. But I just like to kind of bring these to light because as you're creating a survey, just make sure that you're double-checking things and you're using the right question types and, and scales and so forth, as we'll see here. So in this case, what is your gender, male, female, or I have no plans to purchase a new vehicle? So check your answer options, please. Like, I mean, you know, garbage in, garbage out, so to speak here. And you want to make sure that you're checking your answer options because if you, if your gender is, I have no plans to purchase a new vehicle, I think that's a problem, right? So yeah. uh, it's not accurate. I would, I would just for fun click on the third option then because if I received a survey like this and obviously the server creator took no time and effort in validating right. the information, I'd be like, screw that, you know? I mean, if you give me, like you said, bad uh, data, garbage in, garbage out. So, right, right. No, I think so. Another thing I thought about in an alternate reality, maybe, is this is like a red herring question where if you select that option, they automatically kick you kick you out. Ooh, but I haven't seen it like this done before. I think this is too confusing for that kind of red herring yeah. question. Yeah. All right. The next one is a, it's a text message survey, right? So this one is <laughs> an example of a bias scale, I would say, a, kind of an egregious mm-hmm. example where, you know, are you alarmed, concerned? or cautious about climate change. So what if you're neither of these things? Like you really need the five-point scale here, I think, to really yeah. get an accurate picture. Obviously, yeah. this is, a, I think, a biased survey. They're trying to, you know, pad the stats, so to speak, right? Of like, all these people are alarmed, concerned, or cautious about it. So you could be neither of these, and that's perfectly fine. But this scale doesn't allow for that, which I think is a bit of an issue. Yeah, this is a good one. All right. You'll like this one, Mark, I think. Uh, so this is an example of the wrong question type that is used. I think in all these, like the one I have highlighted here or the one that's highlighted here, in your opinion, do you consider what happened uh, in the what happened to the people in the video illegal in the United States? This is a yes or no question. It's not a five-point scale question. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do with 
like the 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 second and the fourth answer options here it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Even the follow up questions the same way. It's so a, it's the, the same wrong one, question right? type, probably for right. this whole survey. So, um, or except for the question above, I guess, just based on the scales, that's probably correct. But these are these are bad, right? So, yeah, pick the correct question type when you're creating your survey, please, please. And the next one here, Mark. The problem here is what happens if your baby is in between like that seven to twelve month, the six to twelve month range. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's not there. So check your answer options. Make make sure that you're accounting for all possibilities here. So that was obviously a miss on this question type. Hopefully you don't have those, you know, those children that are in the six to twelve months because you can't answer the the survey question here for them. So um, that's a problem. So that is what we have for what in the name of research today. I found those. So it's always a good idea. I think it's a fun reminder that you know there are issues that come up in these survey questions and in surveys. So make sure that you're checking your survey questions, okay? Next, wanted to kind of dive in, Mark, and this is something that, you know, actually you came up with the idea for this show. So yeah. um, for this particular segment is around, you know, trends heading into 2022 and how I see it. And then Mark will kind of feed off of that and give his commentary yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I think a lot of this, if you were at our X day, we talked a lot about some of these different trends because obviously when we're looking at the trends, we want to try to match those trends, right? Like that's <coughs> why we're in business and kind of trying to hedge those. So I think a lot of these things are previous things you've probably previously heard us talk about, but I just want to go over, I would say three that I see that are, you know, kind of the most important or at least what we're thinking about in terms of trends yeah. heading in to 2022 and things that we, uh, obviously there's a lot more in market research that um, perhaps aren't in our wheelhouse, so to speak, but these are kind of the top three, at least um, that are the trends. Obviously there's more, but these are the ones that I'm seeing. So this has been an, obviously an ongoing trend, but I think even more with the SMR and SMR's research insights association, a new MR that with what we pointer said is that, you know, 50% of the research is being done in-house now. So this is companies pulling that research back in-house and doing more and more. Now, the overall volume of research is going up. So there's still, yeah. uh, so there's still enough, obviously, to support market research firms and so forth. But with this becomes, you know, there's more sort of do-it-yourselfers within an organization. But Central Insights team at a lot of companies is maybe they're responsible for doing more complex surveys or research or responsible for certain items, but you have more and more people in companies that need to do research because either they, they don't have the vendor for it, they lost their budget, or they're just pulling yep. it back in-house. And obviously that's where tools like Question Pro come into play because you know that's kind of what we that's really what we cater to. So I, think, I think that is a growing trend mark of doing more research in-house, right? Where you probably know, you know, people that are programming surveys now, they may know something about surveys, they may have obviously maybe written a survey, but now they're having to program it and do that research in-house. So I think that is a a trend going into 2022 as the data has shown, right? With some of the research that, like I mentioned, those um, those organizations did. So that's one one I see. That's a a good one. In fact, uh, Dan, actually, when I was on holiday uh, with a few friends very recently and uh, we just got to talking about market research. I don't know why we did that, but <laughs> on holiday, I did. I mean, I guess uh, right. I'm becoming uh, 
research on myself. Too. Yeah, man. When you so, when you start talking about it on holiday, you're a researcher. Okay, it's like you know you're a researcher when you talk about it when you're on holiday. Oh, that's a good one. We should use that for social media. See, there you go. <laughs> no, but so so what she was telling me was, and I, I obviously don't want to take names because these are reputed organizations. But but what she was saying was that they need to conduct a lot of consumer research all of the time, and where they're struggling with is. Uh, is they work with a very large research house, but because oftentimes it's such large studies and a lot of these modelings have to be done, mm -hmm. they take between four to six weeks just to get the model in place and then you get your data back. And by the time the need for that research as such has already died or has right. diluted. So that's one of the reasons why they're looking to pull the research in-house. And I'm, I'm guessing that's one of the bigger factors for a lot of people to move research in-house now. Yeah, you bring up a good point, Mark, of sort of the speed to insights, right? How quickly can we get yeah. the research done and then reported on? I think that's a probably goes a little bit hand-in-hand -hand with this in terms of just needing to get that research done at a you know more rapid rate. And I think yeah. that's something that we're thinking about as well. Like, what can we do to really bubble up the insights that you're getting from surveys? How can we make it more efficient? and so forth. And that is kind of actually a good segue, Mark, into the second point I wanted to bring up around data repositories, knowledge management platforms. I think mm -hmm. a lot of these, uh, you know, what we're hearing is talk to clients on a weekly basis that I would say, you know, large companies that have really SharePoint as their main sort of go-to in terms of organizing yeah. research, pulling past research, and we, what we want to do is make it with the Insights Hub that we've launched is make it so that after the reporting, your data doesn't you know die in some SharePoint folder that no one else can find. And also, there's a lot of tribal knowledge, I think, where you know, sort of yeah. one person that's been there for 20 years knows a lot, and they, they're kind of the go-to. We want to kind of break that up a little bit and really put all that data into a searchable repository with knowledge graphs where you can add tags to the data, right? and then from there, there's more, I think, insights and things that can be had based on that. And really learning over time, I think, is another big thing, right? Where you want to see maybe quickly or give access to dashboards and past reports just to internal stakeholders where they can just say, go, you, you, you can look up the data. It's all here. And I think that is something that I've been hearing a lot about over this, you know, this past year, even more so than previous yeah. years. And I think it's, yeah. it'll only be a growing trend, especially as we mentioned, as this research is coming in house and then just the need for it. Um, I think as we move forward. Yeah. And I know that uh, Vivek and you have been speaking about uh, knowledge management and knowledge repositories for a while. Yeah. And I know in the past uh, recent few months, we've also realized when we started talking to different organizations that creating a graph or a knowledge graph of all of this research is is very beneficial because then it shows you trend lines and it shows you yeah. a lot of longitudinal tracking just in the sense of, you know, how your research and your insights is moving. So it makes experience management a lot more efficient and faster, I think. Right. Or even let's say you have a you have a laptop, right? And you want to know what do people think about the mouse on the laptop or the, the trackpad, right? Rather right. than running research, maybe you still need to do that, but at least you can search and see what you have because of the mm -hmm. taxonomy and the tags that you have set up, you can easily type in, you know, trackpad and it would show everything, all the research you've done that's tagged with trackpads. So you can see that, right? So it right. really helps with, again, the, the sort of the speed 
because you can see what you have. And then maybe you just need to add a couple of supplemental questions on that. So I think that is something that's interesting that we are obviously thinking about and have come up with a solution for. And then I think the, the final one we can talk about today, Mark, is really around qualitative research. Obviously, qualitative mm-hmm. research is um, online qualitative <clears throat> research, rather, isn't something that's new. But I think, obviously, the pandemic kind of pushed it forward even more so. Still, obviously, was done before that. But I think really what this mixes in is a mix of like quant and qual in the survey itself, right? Where before you might have conducted interviews <laughs> separately from a survey. But now I think there's going to be this mix of quant and qual where you're asking, you know, majority of, of quantitative questions. Then you, you put in the qual question, like a live cast that we have, where you can then get a video response much like this. And then that response goes into Question Pro. It's, you know, with the sentiment analysis, there's auto transcript, and then there's also the emotion detection that we put on it so you can detect emotion. And I think yep. things like that with this mix of qual and quant in a particular survey, I think will be a, a, a growing trend because you can get all of that data that you need, richer open-ended responses, probably more candid. You can actually see the person. Yep. I've done this before and I've tried to trick it. I think I've even mentioned here where yep. you know, I tried to say that like, no, I don't like camping and it knew that I was tentative about my response. So you really get these different data points to help back that data as well, which is something that I like. But this is a growing trend that I see is, and even hearing from clients, is this mix of qual and quant in the same survey. If anything, I've heard even clients wanting to just have the live cast or have a video response in there just to validate that person is who they say they are, right? Like that's another right. whole other thing that we can get into and we have before on data quality, but that's one way you can ensure that, hey, this is, this is, is who's answering the survey is who they say they are. Who they are, yeah, yeah, and actually, that's uh, and if you have been following Question Pro for a while, and I know Dan's mentioned it a few times, and we spoke about this at X Day too, and we've obviously spoken about this quite a bit, but uh, we've actually acquired Bright AI a little yeah. while ago. Now that we're sort of integrating into Question Pro and helping us with uh, with machine learning and national, uh, sorry, natural language processing and. Uh, all of those different things. In fact, that's a good one, Dan, because I was going to talk about, and I know even last year, uh, mm-hmm. we spoke about how AI is going to be very yeah. deeply involved in insights collection. So that's a good one. In fact, I'm actually going to, in the links, just put in the the press release about our acquisition of Bright AI. If you haven't yeah. heard of it, you should go up and read about it. It's very interesting. Yeah, no, we're, we're excited about that because I think it does help propel us forward for all of the unstructured data that is in there in the open ends and being able to analyze that more accurately, and I think a, a wider array as well, is something that will help. That'll help out, you know, clients and the industry at large. So that I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, Mark, because I think that's a key point. I know, like AI is like sort of this ominous thing that everybody likes to talk about, right? And I I wasn't going to bring it up here, but I'm glad that I'm actually glad that you did because I think it pairs with all of these different things that we're doing. And that obviously, I think AI, machine learning, sentiment analysis, all these different things. Will continue to be a trend, you know, moving into 2022 and even beyond. I think we're at like the tip of the iceberg. I think with what a lot of these, uh, you know, technologies can bring us and bring the industry as well. So, yeah, that's something. And yeah, the bright AI acquisition, Mark. I'm like I mentioned. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that does help propel us forward and will will give clients some really interesting key points as well. I think in their data that they don't have now. So. More to come on that, but I know it's definitely obviously something that we're thinking about. 
Then I have one very quick question for you. I know you uh, spoke about online call, right? But mm-hmm. now with a lot of the world opening up, and I mean, you can a lot of us are traveling, and you, you can do a lot of stuff like you could before. Yeah, uh, not on the same lines, but you could. Do you think that into going into twenty twenty two, we'll go back to a lot of the offline qualitative activities, or you you think you'll see a good blend now now that people have realized the value of online call? Yeah, I don't think it'll go all the way back to where it was. I think it'll be a blend. I mean, certainly you'll have more than you had during the pandemic because people didn't have that option. Yep. But I think you'll see a mix now. I think probably online qual will be for you know important studies. And if it's in your location, I think you know there'll be more of like, hey, I can easily get there. Because still like budget's still a thing. And there's even companies now that are, per- that are <clears throat> prohibiting travel. So I think until yep. that ends, like there'll still be probably a greater need for, for online. But I think offline will still be a thing, but I think it'll be more blended now with mm-hmm. the, the advancement of these online uh, qualitative tools like you know, like we have and others have come out with during the pandemic. Yeah. So no, it's a fair question. I think a lot of it remains to be seen once things you know fully kind of open up. And, but I see it as a mix. I don't think you can completely get away from it now just based on, one, I think costs, ease of access. And again, when you're doing online, it's the speed to insights is quicker than if you Much have to do quicker, something yeah. that's you know offline, where if it's you know focus groups or individual interviews, IDIs, you have to go and meet the person, right? So there's that takes a little bit longer, especially if you have to travel and so forth. So I think it'll be a mix, but I think it'll largely be dependent on one, the companies, and then two, the, the types and the mix of studies that they're running. Thanks. All right. Uh, let's get into some data points that I know all of you were requesting from Tim here. So these are data points that our friend Tim Cornelius came up with. And I haven't really looked looked at these, so we're looking at them for the first time together here. So nice. Again, these this came from a panel that we have filled this this morning, and we already have 143 responses. So you can see very quick to get these answers. So what is another name for Web3, Web3.0? Do you know this, Mark? I didn't know it. Actually, Tim had, no, to, Tim had to slack me this answer. Luckily, he did. Otherwise, we would have looked like fools. But maybe we still do. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I have no clue. Uh, so it's semantic web. Nice. I'll have like, to read think, up about this. I think people said metaverse because they are you know, kind of with meta mm-hmm. and the, the yeah. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg stuff. So yeah, kind of interesting there. This one I thought actually was interesting. So thinking about Facebook's effect on American society as a whole, would you say that the answer options were Facebook makes American society better, worse, or there's no effect? I was surprised at this because they say it makes it worse, right? And I think that this is a little bit biased based on a lot of what you're hearing now. Of course, I think there are balances to this, but I think overall, I mean, I don't want to say that a 73% said that makes it, it makes it worse. I would say better or no effect in my, I mean, in my opinion. I don't know that it makes it worse with the amount of people using social media and so forth. Yep. If it was so bad, I don't think that many people would use it, right? So I think this is kind of an interesting question. And I was surprised that more, more people said worse here than uh, either no effect or better. And that's probably because of um, 
Facebook owning Instagram and WhatsApp to rest yeah. and a lot of these other platforms. They're yeah. they're so intertwined in your life and a lot of people are worried about their personal data going out there. Maybe that's why that answer. But right. I, I think that's interesting too. But I I don't I can't say it's worse, right? Like I can make better but it, but then again, maybe it's not better, maybe it's not no effect, maybe it's somewhere in between. So it's yep. interesting. Yep. Okay. Portugal makes it illegal for your boss to text you after work. Do you agree with this? So people, oh. are, people are neutral on this one. More agree and strongly agree than disagree. So you're lucky, Mark, because I would never text you. I would I would send you a WhatsApp or Slack message. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Slack has the new uh, schedule your messages feature, right? And uh, yeah. Recently, I was working with someone from our Mexico team, and I got messages at like really weird times where obviously it's night for them. And I'm like, how is he even doing that? Because I got a bunch of messages and then he wasn't responding. And I, I asked him later, I said, were you using the schedule feature? And he was like, yeah, man, I was testing it out. It's really cool, right? I'm like, wow, that is like insane. But but yeah. I think that's that's a really cool feature for Slack to use. No, it actually is good because there's oftentimes even I have... Like for you, I have things that I that I think about, and I just yep. but I don't need a response right away. Like I can wait until you know the next day. So, are you telling me that in like a subliminal way to get me to use that feature, Mark? Is that no? I'm not. What this is about? I'm not. But now that you brought it up, Dan, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can say it on record. See, I know, I know. It's all good. Um, all right, next question. Would it bother you if a DNA company such as Twenty Three and Me used your saliva? Test anonymously to provide data to drug makers. I think this would bother me. Yes, I would yeah, say it would. Yeah, but the, how did yeah, get this question? Saliva? I'm not sure where Tim got this question, but maybe this is happening and we didn't know about it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious about where they would get the saliva, though. I mean, you can trust him to come up with questions that are <laughs> that are brain scratchers, right? You start yeah. thinking about a lot of stuff. It's interesting. Uh, do you agree with YouTube hiding dislike counts and removing the dislike button? Yeah, I don't like that. And I didn't know that was happening. Maybe I didn't have been living under I a guess, rock. Apparently it's happening. I don't know. I think you need the dislike as in yeah, the, 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 people, yeah. the good videos and bad. So I don't know. And people aren't always going to like the same thing. Just because I like something doesn't mean that you're going to like it, right? So I don't know right. if I agree with that one. Should race, gender, and ethnicity be required on college applications? Yes and no. So more people say no than yes. Interesting. I think we'll just skip along. I don't want to touch that question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you put your toothpaste on before or after wetting your toothbrush? After. If anyone's doing that before... <laughs> I would be scared of these people. <laughs> I put it on. Let's see. I think I wet the toothbrush, then I put the toothpaste on. Right. That's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, after. Huh. Yeah, after wetting. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. All is right in the world then if more people said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should personal wealth be capped in the United States? No, but okay. No, but okay. It's all right. Um, what is the best way to prevent school shootings? 
Oh, interesting. Man, Tim, I might, this might be the last time I ask you to do these because these are getting into some hard-hitting questions that I don't want to tackle on a Friday. <laughs> um, so more people said stricter gun laws, mental health services, harsher punishments, increased surveillance, better on-site security. So interesting. I think gun laws here in the U.S. are pretty big, obviously. So I can see why people said that. Yeah, in India, actually, it's it's extremely tough to own a gun. I mean, I it's I don't know. I I don't even know numbers, but it's it's really not possible. So I really can't comment on that. <laughs> but it's 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 impossible to own a gun. Really interesting. It's not the same way here. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> As of today, 1058 Central, do you approve or disapprove of the job Joe Biden has done as president? Oh, interesting. So we have more people that disapprove than approve. Wow. But I think a lot of things are factored into this, like gas prices, inflation, mm-hmm. a border. Right. And there's a lot. So interesting. Yeah. I like that question, though. We could start our own approval rating and get that published, Mark. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah, Absolutely. As a, so, so same question about Kamala Harris. So disapprove. Interesting. It's almost well, pretty close. So interesting. All right. Well, thank you, Tim, for those questions. I really appreciate some of those. <laughs> no. So I think with that, we'll wrap up the show today. Again, if you're going to be at TMRE, let me know. Message me on LinkedIn or email me. Or, yeah, you can get a hold of me. Love to meet up with you. If not, I will see you all next Friday where we'll have a guest on the show. And yeah, we'll continue with then. All right. It was so awesome chatting with you guys. See you next Friday. See you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the MRX Influencers Podcast. If you want more information about Question Pro, go to questionpro.com. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you later.